Well, the Nashville Predators aren't done making moves, bringing another free agent, a former first rounder, Dennis Gurianov. What will he bring to the Preds forward core? Plus, with all the changes the Preds have made this season, Anna and I are going to take a stab at predicting the lineup, at least in terms of forwards, for next year's Preds roster. That's coming up today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to give a special tip of the cap to our loyal Locked On Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you and we appreciate the support you guys always give us. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Uh, today's episode also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, and I did not have a free agent signing for one year at $850,000, uh, breaking the internet on my Predators offseason bingo card. And yet here we are. Here we are. Yesterday was a hot mess on Twitter after the Predators announced this signing. I thought it was really interesting. Twitter was a flutter, my friends, with responses to this particular free agent signing. And it's not like it's not the one. Did not think this would be the one that broke the Internet. And yet here we are. No, this is the equivalent of Zach Sanford signing last year and people reading way too much into that. Yeah. yeah. So so the Nashville Predators go out and sign uh, Dennis Gurianov. He is a 2015 first round pick of the Dallas Stars, 26 years old. Uh, of course, he had that big uh, 20 goal season with the Stars back on that COVID shortened 2020 season. It also had a very, very good playoffs that year, uh, wow. 17 points in 27 games. The Stars, of course, got one, uh, a couple games away from winning the Stanley Cup, got all the way to the finals. Uh, and then for whatever reason, just couldn't really find that same uh, momentum since then. Uh, he's been bounced around a little bit, played in uh, only about 66 games last year. Uh, if my math is correct, in just 17 games split between Dallas and Montreal. Um, this seems, and to me, like it is just one of those, hey, let's go out and get this guy. Maybe he can refine, you know, refine his form that he had a couple of years ago. And if he does, awesome. Uh, and if he doesn't, back to Milwaukee he goes. Yeah, I was really surprised at how strong the reaction was to the signing because I agree with you. This is really a, a low-risk signing for the Nashville Predators. One year, $850,000 for a, a first-round draft pick who really sort of didn't find consistency when he was with Dallas or in last season at the end with Montreal. He's kind of struggled with offensive consistency. 
But if you're going to sign a player like that, now's the time. And Nashville is the place. You know, you and I disagreed on the Philip Zadina signing. Mm -hmm. But this feels a little bit similar in the sense that this is a great place for this guy. Like, why not bring him in one year deal, prove it deal, see what you've got. What is the harm in this? And I and Nashville is set up to be a place to kind of nurture young players. Um, this is a why not for me. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's no risk here no. whatsoever. You bring this guy in on training camp. Like you look at all the predators that are on one year deals, guys like Tommy Novak, uh, Yakov Trenin. Uh, you know, Kiefer Sherwood, Cole Smith, Michael McCarron, Mark Jankowski, some of those guys that got brought back for one more year. This is literally just them throwing a guy who had some pretty good offensive numbers just a couple of years ago into that mix and going, you know what, like fight for a spot. Yep. If you get it, if you impress, like, hey, we're, we're in a clean slate right now. Like yeah. you have a chance to come in and you can be the number one wing, like right winger. For all we know, like that can be your upside. Uh, and hey, if you, if it doesn't work out or some other players, you know, are more impressive to you. Hey, it's only a one year contract. And yeah, even though it's a one way deal, that's still, you know, we've put more expensive players in the minors like this. This just seems like that kind of thing. Um, I, I can't really pinpoint the reason why a lot of people are reading too much into that. Yeah, this just seems like it should have been an, oh, okay. And it really was more of a, oh my gosh. And I'm with you. Like, I can't quite get what people are extrapolating from this signing that has turned this into a big ruckus and a brouhaha. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of talk. It's like, oh, you know, this means that the, the Preds aren't happy with Phil Tomasino. Like, that was a take I saw. Um no, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. Uh, first off, like even though Tomasino's a right winger and, and this guy, Garyanov's a right winger, you know, that doesn't mean it just can't move to the other side. Right. It's not it's not like you know, you're gonna fill up your right side and be like, ah crap, we don't have any more people. All right, back to the minors you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen the same thing, like, uh, well, that just means like they're you know going to keep young players in the minors. Uh, it doesn't mean that no. at all. Uh, it just means that the the kids aren't going to be guaranteed spots. They're gonna have to fight for them in camp, which you and I mentioned last year is fine. Sure um, yeah, I mean, it's it. I, I I get that there there's the internet is bored sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this, I, I don't understand like why people are taking what mm-hmm. should just be a whatever kind of signing and turning it into some sort of judgment on a GM and coaching tandem who haven't played an NHL game yet. Right. Well, and I think two things can be true, but completely unrelated. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the case. Like, oh, let's, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, these two things, you know, two things are true. I think Garyanov coming in is an interesting signing. He is somebody who is going to be fighting for a roster spot. This is a chance for him to prove something. 
I also think that it can be true that the Nashville Predators want to see more from Phil Tomasino. They want Philip Tomasino to show them what he's got this season. I think those two things are both true. I also don't think they are a bit related at all. Not at all. Yeah, so I, mean, you know, I think you have to be careful not to see two dots and assume you can connect them. Yeah, and, and Phil, Tom, like like you said, there, there's multiple things that can be true here. Like, yeah, like they may be wanting to look at Phil Tomasino and be like, okay, buddy, like this is we're gonna need to see like a big camp from you. Uh, right. But I, I don't think that's like they're gonna waive him or trade him away if for some reason you know things don't work out this year or he has you know. They can't, you know, win in camp or anything like that. Plus, I think he still waivers exempt for one more year. So that really wouldn't be the case anyway. Same for, you know, Luke Evangelista. Um, You know, it's like, I I think it's one thing if, you know, everybody's 50-50 and then you start picking guys like, you know, Michael McCarron or Mark Jankowski over, you know, somebody like these younger players, if, mm-hmm. if all things are evil or they're, you know, players aren't getting a chance, but that that's not what this screams to me. This just screams right. that this is just competition, especially for the bottom half of that lineup. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think there is no downside. There is no downside to signing him. There is no downside from putting another player in the mix to fight for a spot in that bottom six. There is only upside. And I think any conversation, any expectations that the Predators in the front office have for Philip Tomasino don't change regardless of who the Nashville Predators sign. Yeah. So I think this is I think this is a low-risk signing. I say let's go for it. I am here for bringing in a player like this. This may be the perfect spot. It may not work out, no harm, no foul, but this could be the perfect spot. So I'm here for it, and and we can all just take it down. Let's take a deep breath, folks. Let's take it down a notch. Yeah. Uh, where does Guriana fit into the Predators lineup? That's a conversation that we're going to have in just a second because Ann and I are going to predict the lineup for forwards for next year's opening night. Who would we have? where and why we'll talk about that in just a second but first want to mention today's episode are brought to you by bird dogs you guys have probably seen ads for bird dogs on social media uh you know a lot of influencers tout these things you probably look at and say what's what's the big deal they're just pants uh i thought that too until i got myself a couple of pairs of bird dogs and let me tell you these might be the best shorts i have ever owned bird dogs make me look great their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and my leg which gives me a little bit of that sculpted look trust me my girlfriend is mentioning this It is not just me talking about myself when I look in the mirror. Uh, But Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing that like Lululemon shorts, but they fit way better. That just thin uh, kind of light fabric that feels great in the summertime. They don't have that thick restricting cotton that most khaki shorts have. Instead, they're used, uh, Bird Dogs uses a clown knit fabric. That looks like khaki, but it stretches. So you get a slimmer fit, it's lighter, and you don't have to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dog's anti-stink sweat wicking fabric keeps me cool and dry all day long. You guys are going to want to try these yourself. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler 
with your order. Again, birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or promo code LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. You promise you. I Take it from me, the most comfortable shorts I think I've ever owned in my life. So go out, get a pair for yourself. All right, Dan, with all the changes the Nashville Predators have made, let's take a stab at predicting uh, next year's lineup. And you know what I were talking about when we were debating this topic uh, earlier? This is hard because we don't know what Andrew Burnett sees in some of these players, how Barry Trotz envisions some of these players. We're not even confident like what maybe the end goal for next season is. If they're going to try to take a a run at it or if they're going to step back and rebuild a little bit. So there's just, it it feels like X factor after X factor after X factor that we're not really going to get a good idea from until, you know, maybe like November. Yeah. Yeah. This felt a little bit like taking the SATs again. Because like you said, we don't really know what we're looking at. And I think this would be a much easier exercise, even with the new additions, if John Hines was still the head coach in the sense that we know how John Hines viewed the lines. We kind of taught, you know, he was big on line identity and what he expected from each line. We really haven't had enough conversation with Andrew Brunette yet to understand how does he view putting together a roster lineup? Is this Nashville Predators team going to run similar to how it did last season with line identities? Or are we going to do something like the Seattle Kraken did where they kind of run, you know, their four lines a little more equally? So it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. It was extremely stressful, my friends. But, you know, Nick and I are here to do the hard things. So so we, we took a stab at it. And it'll be interesting. I'm very curious to see how different you and I end up on this. Like, where, where do we see things the same and where do we see them different? This is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with first line. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you have on your first line? Okay. This was a tough one. I have uh, Philip Forsberg. Maybe the one lock of the entire That's the one. Yeah. That's high. (laughs) Now we're going to move down a little bit. I have Ryan O'Reilly centering the top line, and I have Luke Evangelista, which I know, friends, I know that's a wild card. I know it's a wild card. Okay. So why O'Reilly as number one? Is there anything other than the obvious, well, he's the most experienced NHL guy? Uh, part of it is he's the most experienced NHL guy. I also think you're probably going to have to put a younger player on that top line, you know, with Forsberg. And so for me, I just think starting out, this is not necessarily where I see this lineup ending the season, but starting out, I can see Ryan O'Reilly sort of taking the lead mm-hmm. on the top line. <laughs> it's- but I don't know. It's interesting you said that uh, because I, I'll get to this in a little bit, but uh, Evangelista, how do you see him maybe fitting in with O'Reilly and Forsberg there? Like why him over somebody like, let's say, Phil Tomasino? Mm-hmm. For me, I think you want to put him with somebody who's an experienced two-way player. I think Ryan O'Reilly is that experienced two-way player. I also think his style of game, I think kind of speed-wise, the way that he sees the game compliments Philip Forsberg. I'm not sure that there is as much physicality on that top line as maybe you would want, but I'm thinking if you want to give a young player a big shot, 
a big, I mean, this would be a big leap for Evangelista. I think you put him with a good two-way player like O'Reilly and you put him with somebody whose game is, is a little bit similar like Forsberg. So that's kind of how I landed with that. I know it might be, well, it would be a big stretch for Evangelista to play top line minutes. It would be. I mean, I don't know about that. I would, I would say Evangelista could fit in on that top line. Yeah. Here's who I have, Anne. Okay. Uh, again, the one lock is Cole Smith as the number one option. <laughs> Uh, Philip Forsberg, yes, your, your number one left wing. I have Cody Glass, okay, as the number one center, just because I really feel like the Nashville Predators want that. That's kind yeah. of how they envision Cody Glass. And then on the other side, I have Phil Tomasino. That's right. Let's just put all the right-handed shots up front together, baby. So talk um, to me about Phil Tomasino on the top line for you. Um, I feel like, well, first off, because a lot of people, you know, during the Tomasino talk yesterday, uh, mm -hmm. you look at his point production when he was with the Preds, uh, that first year he was up, like, you know, I think it was 31 points his rookie season, uh, which was pretty good. If you take the short time that he was in Nashville at the end of the season last year and aggregate that out to a 82 game stretch, uh, he would have had about 40, I think it was like 48 like give or take like 0.5 wow. on either side. So that's a pretty good jump from year one to year two. Mm -hmm. And then when you watch him play, he's just kind of a natural born playmaker. Like he's a really good passer. He's got really good vision, um, pretty good hands. Maybe the one thing is like, he doesn't really engage a lot. So that's why you mm -hmm. put it with somebody like Philip Forsberg, who is, you know, the best finisher on the team obviously. And then you put him with somebody like Cody Glass, somebody who likes to make his own space, you know, kind of like really good off the puck, has good off the puck IQ. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Phil Tomasino can be sort of a facilitator for those two guys. You know, he can set up Philip Forsberg for a good shot or, you know, kind of, you know, get him into space to make a play. And then same for Cody Glass. Like he can give Cody Glass some space, you know, and he's good enough to make a really good pass to find a player like glass who gets himself into space. So mm -hmm. I think Phil Tomasino, when he's cooking, if you just watch his game, maybe the best like pure setup guy that the predators mm -hmm. have in their forward core. So I would like to see him um, maybe take that sort of role on that top line and facilitate things for a, the Preds best, finisher and you know a yeah. very good emerging two-way player in Cody Glass yeah I will say this and and hopefully this is not a controversial take I need to see a little bit more from Phil Thomas you know in the sense that I feel like he is he can get moved off the puck a little bit easy yeah I know that's something that he's going to be working on this offseason is his strength and that kind of thing and so I I would feel more comfortable seeing him improve in that which again I'm sure he's working on it. I think it's interesting that both you and I have a young player, whether it's Tomasino or Evangelista, on that top line with somebody like Philip Forsberg. Yeah. I really hope that's how this plays out because people are saying, oh, it's not a reset. You're adding all these veterans. But this is how you develop these young players is you put them in that position. Yeah. And they proved that they can handle that last mm -hmm. year. 
uh, towards the end of the season. Like both, you know, Evangelista proved it, Phil Tomasino proved it, Cody Glass proved it, that they can be put in uh, some of these bigger situations and thrive. Um, And it's funny, Anne, because I had, uh, you talked about that Ryan O'Reilly pair with Luke Evangelista. I had Ryan O'Reilly as my number two center. Okay. A, to split up the two veterans in Forsberg and O'Reilly. And B, because, you know, to try to elevate Cody Glass a little bit. And I had Ryan O'Reilly anchoring that second pair, him and Evangelista together. Uh, And then I had Gustav Nyquist on the other side too, because he is a speedy little guy. Speed is his game. Uh, You know, he has some shortcomings elsewhere, but you put him with Ryan O'Reilly, who's defensively responsible and Luke Evangelista, who is, you know, a puck hunter. I think that could be, you know, Nyquist can add a different dimension to those two guys. So that was my number two pair, Nyquist, Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Evangelista. Interesting. So my second line is centered by Cody Glass. And again, I don't think he's going to end up there. I really, really want to see Cody Glass move into that 1C position this season. But I have Glass with Tomasino because I feel like they had some good chemistry at the end of last year. And I have Nyquist with them. So kind of veteran presence with a little bit, like you said, a little bit of speed. Um, with Glass and Tomasino. So we're not so far off. I really do think that we're going to see Gus Nyquist on that second line for a while. You know, people talk about, you know, eh, you know, is that really where he should be? And I think it's almost more about who he's with that makes that the right spot for him. You know, you need that veteran on that second line. So we're not so far off necessarily. Yeah. I think the only concern with that is where does the defense come in on that line yeah is Tomasino going to be ready to to take on a defensive role uh Cody Glass did pretty well in that but is he Mm -hmm. ready to kind of carry that load by himself because Gustav Nyquist's defense isn't really his game either yeah uh so that's that that would be my only concern with that as a second line which is why I had Nyquist with O'Reilly because O'Reilly uh can two-way guy yeah All right. It seems like we have the same people, just maybe in different spots for the top two lines. Bottom two lines is where it might get interesting. And let's talk about that in just one second. First, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our great friends at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who on your favorite team is going to get the first home run in the next game. And all of this comes on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Um, let's talk about the depth forwards. And uh, this this is my, where it get a little bit interesting. Who do you have line number three? Okay, so this is where 
the wheels may or may not come off the bus, but let's jump in here. So I have Thomas Novak centering my third line. Okay. Um, and there's a lot, I think there's going to be a lot with Tommy Novak this season. Training camp is going to be big for Novak, but I have him centering my third line. I have him with Yakov Trenin and I have Colton Sissons, which I understand you hate not to have him centering, but there's a reason why I have him on a wing. And that is? And that is because I think the Predators want to give a center role to Yuso Parsonen. And I think they want to keep Tommy Novak in the center. And I think Colton Sissons is much more versatile. So for me, I think they're going, this is what I would do. I would give Novak the chance to center that line and have Sissons on the wing with Trennan. So why Yakov Trennan? A, love him. Uh, B, <laughs> I would love to see Yakov Trenin get more involved offensively. And I think if you put him with a Tommy Novak, I think that helps Yakov Trenin a little bit. And you know that Sissons and Trenin have some really good chemistry. You So I feel like that's an easy win. But for me, I think Tommy Novak as a playmaker could help Yakov Trenin get some more offense going. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting to say the least. I kind of went another direction. Okay. I went kind of speed and skill. Okay. On the third line. Uh, I'm with you. I have Tommy Novak centering the third line mm -hmm. uh, just because I feel like the Preds would really like Tommy Novak to, to be a center. Um, I have Yuso Parsonen moving over to the left wing. Okay. Um, you know, I, and that's that's something else. Like you can maybe swap those two. You know, maybe one plays center, one plays wing. Um, and then I have Kiefer Sherwood. Let's talk about this. as as the other right wing. Uh, mm -hmm. You talk about you know somebody with chemistry. Sherwood and Novak had a little bit of chemistry Magic, at baby. the end of last year, and I I just like Sherwood's game and. Yeah. Um, I, I know I like I like what he does. I like his speed. Um, he's gonna be one of the guys fighting for spots. And I think, you know, we're gonna talk about Gurianov here in a little bit. Maybe Gurianov's on that role. But I just think if if Kiefer Sherwood can win a spot in camp, this is a good spot for him because he's mm -hmm. not gonna be relied on to be like, you know, a primary guy, but he's not gonna have to like a adapt his game to be like a like a traditional third or fourth line guy either this is almost like Rocco Grimaldi on the third line uh under Peter Laviolette with Nick Benino and, and yeah. Craig Smith it's not like look we don't need you to be like the checking penalty killing forward or anything we just need you to go out and play your style and let the other two guys do their thing I think he's a good partner with Tommy Novak in that regard because they play very similar games. They had some scoring chemistry last year. Uh, they both like to crash the net, get a lot of dirty goals that way. Um, so I see those two being up here. I see Yuso Parson being a very good compliment because this guy is a good two-way player. Uh, you know, in, in terms of the young guys, the most, I think, defensively responsible, um, kind of a jack of all trades. And he can be the guy that goes and, you know, forces a turnover to start the rush or go, you know, forecheck and retrieve the puck or, 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 
you know, win a puck battle in the corner Mm -hmm. and sort of set things up for the other two guys. So I had those three as a combo for my third pair. I will say I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And I, and I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. Kiefer Sherwood is one of the players I am most excited to watch in training camp in the sense that I think he brings so many great things. Uh, Speed. This, this is a fast guy physicality. I think if he can work on his finishing, he left a lot of goals on the ice last season. And so I think if he can work on his finishing, he is going to be a really interesting piece for the Nashville Predators. I really, really can't wait to watch him in camp. But I see what you're saying. And I do agree. Novak and um, Kiefer Sherwood really had some great chemistry at the end of last season. So, okay, I don't hate the line. I don't hate it. And, and of all the guys fighting for spots, I would love to see Kiefer Sherwood. Let's get go. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that leaves us with the fourth line, Anne. Uh, I'm curious to see yours uh, because of, of the whole Colton Sissons moving up to play wing. Uh, I had Sissons. This, it, it's interesting you said that because this to me was the other lock. Other than Forsberg on the top line, the other lock I had was Sissons centering the fourth line really? just because he's so good at that role. He is so good in the bottom six role. Yeah. Very good penalty killer. Very good face off guy. Good when you need, you know, sort of an energy shift or you need to get the puck out of your own zone. I think he's the guy that you put there and just sort of forget about and know you're going to get good minutes out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put Yakov Trenin on the other wing, just be in, again, this is maybe something that you could elevate, move down. Um, you know, I, you can make the case that maybe he and Parson and flip flop in this situation where maybe mm-hmm. Trenton is, um, you know, the third and Parson is on the fourth line just to give that a little bit of a different dimension. Uh, but I have Yakov Trenton there just because of his chemistry with Sissons. And then that's where I have Gurianov yeah. sliding in because I feel like, you know, you have two very good defensive players in Sissons and Trenin. Maybe this gives Gurianov those, you know, 12, 13 minutes a game to just go out and try to be like the finisher on that line. Interesting. Just, you know, and, and when you had the, you think back to, you know, the, the herd line of 2022 when everybody put up kind of insane numbers and yeah. Tanner Janot had the season that made him worth the first round pick from Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, you know, you, you watch, you know, you, you watch them that year and they just shot the puck, shot yeah. the puck, shot the puck, shot the puck, cross, you know, cr- crash the net, get chances, you know, finish up goals. That to me, I think, could really benefit somebody like Gurianov, a bigger guy um, who likes to score dirty goals. So I can see maybe this is that same sort of vibe if it works out. I see what you're saying. I have uh, Yuso Parson in centering it because I really do think that Predators want him as a center. So I have uh, Parson in centering that fourth line, and I have him with Sherwood and Gurianov. Um and the, because I feel like with Sherwood, you get some of that speed, you get some of that physicality that we've talked about. But I also feel like there is really good offensive uh, play creating with Yuso Parson in that crash the net kind of thing. And that I think uh, Gary Onoff really would benefit from too. So mine's a little different, but I think if you look at kind of the what we want to get from those bottom six, 
you can mix and mingle some of these and really come up with what you need from your bottom six. But I here's the thing. I, I want to see Kiefer Sherwood make this lineup one way or the other. And I really do think the Predators want Parsonen in a center role. I could maybe I'll be wrong, but I think they really want him in a center. Yeah. Um it, it'll be interesting to see because he did play a lot of wing last year yeah. too after a while. Um but yeah, I mean it's a lot of this is gonna depend on what Andrew Burnett season this team um we're basing this off of what we've seen the last few years so andrew Burnett could have a completely different style of play we yeah. could, hey we i mean we could see like i don't know feed horse fetch cough <laughs> number two center for all we know we yeah. could see reed schaefer on the team like, yeah, Yellow and Kamel. When you know, will we see him this season? We don't. Yeah. Know. Anthony Angelo or uh, Navarin Mutter, like to, to like mid mid round guys. Like we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen uh, at this point, so it's going to be interesting to see. And of course, you know, there, there's the whole thing about you know, hey, Mark Jankowski is still out there. So is Michael McCarron. So right. is Cole Smith. Like, are these guys going to have the same sort of um, play under Andrew Burnett as they did John Hines. That's not necessarily a guarantee either. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to watch. Uh, and I think for sure it is going to be a very exciting camp. Uh, and where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore mama on ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan or on threads at NS Morgan. I guess we're still doing threads. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then.